This is HeroQuest, the fantasy adventure game where winning means mastering the arts of combat. I'll use my broadsword. Your what, sorry? <laughs> the beginning of, of Use number your 82. Words. The number the beginning of number 82 we put that little soundbite on of the uh, the warning of um uh you know when we're in the in the hotel the whole ho- I mean, it's a huge hotel oh, the prosthetics from, event yeah, from, and they had some kind the, of weird crazy fire I think you drill. said you were in the shower at the time you told yeah, me the next and, day and that they, you they, they, the water shuts off and it's like thanks a lot attention please and tells you you know to 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 you know not worry about the next alarm so basically you stop the shower in order to tell me that there's nothing to worry about so that doesn't seem like a good net result to me but um yeah it's very funny um but we're going to listen to uh our second part us part two of our chat with Ian Morrison Cliff Wallace which went down quite well we had a nice couple of emails from uh, Matt O'Toole an old effects buddy and Colin oh, Ware cool. down in Australia uh, interesting yeah. two guys that used to live in the UK that now uh, Colin Ware's in Australia and uh, Matt O'Toole's in the States. Yeah, Colin's doing a lot of work with, um, yeah, with um, Adam Johansson and Damien Martin, uh, who are going to be contributing to the next edition of the book. Oh, cool. Um, I'm thrilled. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Um, we were listening to uh, that Ian Morse and Cliff Wallace part one, you know, we were editing it together and I, I pulled up some links. Um, <coughs> Which I've... For some I, bits. I'm, Blown those links blow me away. Where well, did yeah, you I've, find I've, those? I got some more links for the second one. So the first one was the Hero Quest. I'm just going to play this the Hero Quest advert. Uh, this is the US version. Hero Quest, deep inside another dimension, face battling barbarians and evil magic on a quest for adventure in a maze of monsters. This is Hero Quest, the fantasy adventure game where winning means mastering the arts of combat. I'll use my broadsword and. So that's the US version, and it's a you know it's a cool Amazing. voiceover and everything. <clears throat> but it's the way the guy says broadsword. When did that come out? Nineteen uh, ninety, I think. Ninety-one. I'll use my broadsword. But now listen to the UK version. Listen to the way the guy says broadsword. <laughs> Hero Quest, deep inside another dimension, face battling barbarians and evil magic on a quest for adventure in a maze of monsters. This is Hero Quest, the fantasy adventure game where winning means mastering the arts of combat. I'll use my broadsword. And magic. Fire of wrath. Once you get into it, you'll never be the same. Hero Quest, now with two new is that Christopher Lee? I think that's Christopher Lee. How cool is that? <laughs> no kidding. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's just the one my that says, I'll use my broadsword. <laughs> you're, you're what, sorry? I got to tell you, of, of these, I'm, I am a huge fan of Rusty Goff now. Oh, man, he's been in so many cool things, and I'd forgotten all about that, uh, the Bouncing Weatherman. So, again, I put links for this, because you're thinking, what the hell am I talking about? Anyone under the age of 40 won't remember this, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, perhaps not his most proudest moment, but it's a paying gig, right? So, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but I put some links uh. on there as well because obviously when they talk about these things like these commercials and these music videos and stuff, it's really, uh, you know, it, it's, it's good to be able to see them because you can put them into a context and see them. So there's like the Nike Devil commercial they mentioned, that's in there. Uh, the Come to Daddy Aphex Twin videos. Well, I used to show a bunch of the, the Chris Cunningham videos to my visual effects students. Yes. Um, back in the day because it was cutting edge stuff and I at the time I'm showing my students these crazy videos I had no idea that Cliff and Ian worked on them oh wow how cool is that <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean there's some messed up stuff I mean I, I quite like um the rubber Johnny video have you seen rubber Johnny yeah I think so with the guy that, in the did wheelchair Chris do that one too yeah yeah well Chris Cunningham yeah, in there's the a wheelchair whole, as well there's a well there's a whole DVD of just Chris Cunningham yes stuff yeah that, yeah, yeah. that I used to show show my class all the time just because it's weirdly crazy cool they were do you know that was the director series there were three dvds there was michelle gondry yeah, yeah. there was uh spy right. jones mm -hmm. and got uh, all three of them and chris cunningham and they were amazing and chris cunningham, yeah uh really yep, good i have them all yeah yeah they're, they're amazing but uh yeah so have a look at that the, the come to daddy apex twin video that's worth seeing as well for the masks because i say they're only masks <laughs> very freaky yeah. oh and then then and then the the mask uh of the of the, the naked dude screaming at the old lady. Yeah. It's really upsetting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But see, this is what I like about, you know, that's that's been directed by somebody that gets the makeup effect stuff, so they've really used it well, you know? And, yeah. And and we, we, we will both worked on things where you, you put a lot of effort into something and then you just don't see it or it doesn't get used the right way. And it's kind mm -hmm. of like someone just chickens out the last minute and decides to not show any of it or they show it but in the wrong way whereas they really you know they got the they squeezed every last bit out of it and it's it's eh, they're lovely they're really good videos <laughs> and then the um the massive attack videos well, teardrop which is on there so that's cool uh we'll, we'll we'll have that in a minute but one thing i just wanted to, to have a quick chat about was uh thinking about um they mentioned uh when they're in a workshop uh in kentish town and they had this company together in and um cliff uh, creature concepts and they were saying about how they had all this stuff and it was an old either an old workshop or near an old workshop near the old Henson studio right and they said they had like, like an old land stuff everywhere on the wall what's well, the thing the idea of all this stuff just I can't even imagine do you know I just love that I mean I remember working at animated extras on Mary Riley and they the year before they had done uh, the Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein and so they had all mm -hmm. of these things hanging around they had like a full-size body hanging around they had all these unused heads on on phone yeah, and, that, well, and while that that Branagh's Frankenstein wasn't a great movie it's still one of it's one of my all-time favorite makeups yeah uh, well, it's so on Robert fun. De Niro it's just insanely cool Brian Best mentioned that there's they're bringing out a new blu-ray 4k of that? Of that, but it has uh, more Ooh. interviews, making of interviews, and there's a new interview with Daniel oh, Parker on there, which I, I want to see that, so oh. I may yeah. get that. I think it comes out in March, but you can pre-order it, but uh, I think it's from Arrow Films, but um, I will be looking into that one. Yeah, I'll, that'll be on my list uh, to pick up, too. Yeah, I think it'll be good to see. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, agreed. I, I, heard, I heard that De Niro hated being in that makeup. <laughs> I heard that people hated him being in it too. <laughs> can we not met somebody that was all right about it? Um, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, that's, yeah, that's But terrifying. it looked amazing. Yeah, it did look good. Yeah, it looked very cool. Um, but yeah, just, it makes me ache to think about all that stuff. And I'm thinking about all these things that, 
I remember seeing in workshops, and I'm on a big nostalgia tip at the moment. It's creeping into my mind. I look over the backs of the things that I remember or I'd wish I'd known about then because I'd have gone and seen it if I'd known about it. Because I'll give you an example. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I was about 15, uh, Spitting Image. Um, did you have Spitting mm -hmm. Image? Do you ever see Spitting Image? I don't know if it's oh, a yeah, thing in the yeah. States. Love that. Yeah, I have was, this book yeah. of the Spitting Image thing. And Ooh. they don't really go into the making of it in here. I'd love to see um, a making of yeah. book. They must exist. One must exist. But, um, well, this, that Genesis tune that they used all the Spitting Image characters yes in was was a fantastic music video yeah but yeah i love cool. watching spitting image yeah and, and I mean, they it, was, used to... it was it was brit centric though though there were there were some recognizable american characters as well well it was the time of reagan and um <clears throat> and maggie thatcher so they had this kind right. of like ongoing relationship but it was uh, yeah it was just a little studio that that made these things that they made them pretty quick you know um uh, because they had to make a show based on the weeks or the two weeks into, and things happened a, a slower before the internet so it was it was rolling news yeah, but it wasn't but, as but, quick um, as is now a, a good comparison i think would be uh south park because yes while it's not 3d puppets um they have such a a vast library of digital models you know two and a half d stuff um that they've built that they can plug all of this stuff that they've been collecting for years mm -hmm. into a contemporary storyline and be from from concept to screen six days yeah yeah was that documentary you told me about which was um yeah on youtube yeah of theirs which is and which is um you know gotta be so cool to be able to have something like spitting image happening again just taking from a library of characters. Yeah. Yeah, well, they did. I mean, they did another couple of series recently, which are quite good. But um, but it is, I guess, the logistics of, of physical puppets and sets and all that kind of stuff and performing with puppets, mm -hmm. which is the joy, of, you know, of seeing that done. But um, it must have a, uh, you know, it occupies a fair bit of time and space. So it, it's, it's it's not something that they can keep doing, yeah. I don't think. But it's, it's becoming a lost art, and it'd be a shame to see that all all disappear you yeah know, the same with you know stop motion animation you know our our generation's ray harryhausen is is phil Tippett. yeah who i think is actually doing some stuff um on the new boba fett series oh cool if i'm not mistaken i haven't seen any of them you know, somebody let us know if i'm if i'm talking out my ass but you see i really like the fact that you had things like salacious crumb in jedi which was basically a puppet you know so it was still so yeah. you got away from the restrictions of of you know of, of a human body but it was still a physically mm -hmm. activated you know thing and you could respond to yeah. it and well Far farscape was a lot of puppetry hopefully we can have dave elsie on at some point because <laughs> we want to talk yeah. old school stuff so maybe we'll get him on uh to talk about maybe we have to do a couple <laughs> one on farscape and one on, on hammer stuff because i want to talk old school hammer stuff as well <laughs> Let's oh. do it. There's too many things, man. But yeah, I remember this um, in, in Covent Garden when I was a kid. There was a, a show, a spitting image show. Um, I think it was called Rubble Works. And uh, it was in, in Covent Garden. And, and they, you, you could go in and you saw the mechanisms and how the puppets went together. It was like a, you know, a public exhibition of stuff. It was amazing. It was so much good fun. And I'll put a link to that on the show notes as well. So you'll be able to see a little clip of someone's put 
that it's not my video but it's a video that's on youtube and you can just kind of see what i'm talking about yeah, i was looking at all that old school stuff and i remember ian uh and cliff mentioned blood on satan's claw which is an old amicus movie mm -hmm. i watched that uh on their recommendation it's fucking amazing where'd you find it uh i think i got it on amazon prime i watched it when i was in norway so i, I put it on uh, on amazon prime i had to get in a vpn just so i could stream it from a different country because my account well, probably wouldn't let me. I'll but, have to check that out. But it was very good. But I've just got my, my favorites like The Creeping Flesh, Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter, Curse of Frankenstein. I really like those. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, you look at those odd effects, they're not as sophisticated as they are today, obviously, but uh, they were made at a time where the effects industry was still quite primitive in the UK. I know in the States, no, I used to watch all those, head, you know, they, all those on a show called Shock Theater when I was a kid, and it, stuff used to scare the crap out of me. But you had like, you know, your Jack Pierce and all that kind of stuff doing the, the hand laid application and building stuff up. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like that was still happening in the UK a lot later. You know, the prosthetic stuff didn't happen until much later. You know, and Wizard of Oz was using appliances and stuff, but we still, it seemed like it was being built up with wax and cotton and all that kind of yeah. stuff directly on the skin, which is still pretty cool. But it was, it was odd how that went on for longer over here. There wasn't the same amount of information over here. It was some smaller industry, I suppose, as well. But um, it wasn't as sophisticated, but it's, it's quite fun looking at those old school makeups. And there's that really good book, um, Grease Paint yeah. and Gold. Those would be some neat classes to, to have doing some of the old school ways, you know, collodion and cotton buildups kind of stuff. You know, I, when I was teaching visual effects at, at the Art Institute, I taught a, an old matte painting class, or not an old matte, but I taught a matte painting class using the old method of actually painting on glass mm -hmm. and then photographing through it. And it was a very popular class. Well, it's just not something you see. Some of the students did some really cool shit. Yeah. And no, and, and, none of those, and none of those matte paintings exist anymore. Um, That's a shame. At least very few of them. Uh, because when the, when a picture'd be finished, they'd scrape all the paint off the glass and they'd paint a new painting. And you know the masters who who did all that stuff. I mean, you watch, go back and watch North by Northwest again. You know Hitchcock. That's almost all matte paintings. Yeah, I remember the first time I was aware of matte paintings was um, when I think it was Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom, and they brought out a collector book i've still got it somewhere and in mm -hmm. it yeah, i've got one stills. it's called the it's called the invisible art we should we should put that in the show notes let me see if i can pull it off a shelf okay. for you but a lot of they should have a lot of albert whitlock's work in it so while todd's gone to the bookshelf actually seeing us a small selection of songs where the fuck did it go Ah, the sound of seeking things one desperately needs. You can be certain that when you need something, it shall not be found easily. Yeah, this this book is uh, is amazing, and it's written by two digital matte matte painters, uh, uh, Mark Cotavaz and Craig Barron. This is covers digital and, but it's predominantly. Um, the old stuff, but here's Wally World is a, that's amazing. a matte painting. Stuff you wouldn't even think was a matte painting, you know, it's not always yeah. about planets. Yeah, no, it's, and it's, but you know, here, check this one out from Raiders, Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark. Is there wheeling the, the Ark down an aisle? Yeah, thousands of 
crates on on either side. I mean, this book's amazing. That's um, you know the old old style of painting on glass. Just nobody does it anymore. Well, that's the thing, and you know even even those and there's no real reason to no uh, other than preserving some of the ways to do it. I mean, sculptors still use hammer and chisel to carve marble. You know, they're, not, they're not sculpting everything in ZBrush and yeah. printing out these enormous sculptures that are going to museums. No, I think it's a case of... Though that, that, that may happen someday. Maybe, but I, I, think, I think it's good that you, know, you use modern techniques for modern things. But that doesn't mean the old stuff has to stop existing and it has its place. Yeah. And I, it, whatever went before is certainly informs what happens now. I mean, when, you know, when you look at typography, just using um, InDesign, you know, when you're laying out documents and mm -hmm. things and they use like slugs yeah. and in, in text, there's lead, leading and kerning and all of those things that are, are hangovers from typography when you were setting Which letters. I learned how... Yeah. I, I came up in, in a time, you know, when I was a graphic designer, I studied um, when you had to spec type by measuring everything out and had to get sent to a typesetter and comes back and you run it through a waxer. It's how to figure out how many, all these letters and words are going to fit in a certain space. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's so freaking easy to do it today. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of math. I can imagine when I learned how to do it, it <laughs> made my head hurt. Yeah. So, so yeah, that stuff is, is, is like you say, it's superseded by, but, but the, the layout and the, and the, and the wording and everything is informed by it. So it has, mm -hmm. it has its history within it. And, uh, yeah, I think certainly there's a mentality that you develop when you work that way. And it may not be that it's practical to work in certain ways for the job but knowing about how, knowing how to do it yeah certainly can come into it i'll give you an example as i think like i and i'm sure you do as well i quite enjoy direct applied makeups um you yeah. know things like burns or wound interiors they have many random details which you know can be created in different materials in different ways and sculpting in plastiline which is how you would normally sculpt stuff is, is certainly a good method for, for creating the forms and appliances but it's not great for everything you know if you're trying to sculpt little balls of fat you could actually try and craft them out of other things that look like fat and then mold those and then put them in the sculpt or mm -hmm. you know, try and, and, and so, so, so thinking that way means that you, you don't just think about the one thing. And it, it can be a bit like that with digital stuff. I think if you, if you just you know, try it's part of why I have so know. much useless crap lying around the, the workshop. Cause I think, Ooh, this is I've got a really neat texture on it. I could use this for something at some point, you know, all these little nernies and greebles yeah, greebles, that you want to put into right. something. And it just, <laughs> it's like, ah, I've got bins full of this stuff that I have gone untouched for, for years. No, um, I think and, it's good you know, though. I'm still reticent to throw it, throw it out. Cause I know yeah. the minute I throw it out, I'm going to get a phone call from somebody saying, Hey, can you make me one of these blah, blah, blahs? And I said, I just threw all that stuff out. It's having those things and also being aware of them. And, and I'm sure you're the same with, as me. Like you're, you're, you're kind of hardwired to spot textures and things and patterns and things and shapes and stuff. And it might be you, you, you take it with a photo and now, you know, you can capture things in a, in a camera and turn them into alphas and use them in ZBrush. Or you mm -hmm. could, you, could um, you know, mold something like a texture with a bit of silicone and make a little stamp from it or, or, or like with burns, you know, um, you know, melting that old school trick of melting gelatine on a board, letting it cool down, then mold that 
make a thin oh, yeah. melting same plastiline. Thing, same thing with um, the the expanding urethane foam. Oh yeah, when it's it goes starting wrong, to, starting it? to set up when it yeah you start smearing that around and you get all kinds of sinewy veiny scar like textures that you can mold and yeah and throw into a makeup somewhere. I mean, it's I cool remember, shit. I remember uh, on um, working on a job a couple of years ago and was pouring up a silicon outside. And then the silicon started to set. The mold was fine, but it started to rain. So I moved the mold indoors. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, there was a, a, a spill of silicon on, on the floor. And then I, I was going to clean that up when it all set and just peeled it up in one go. But what had happened is the rain had fallen into the flat puddle of silicone, leaving hundreds of little holes. And it looked Ooh. horrible. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but it was just, you know, you couldn't have constructed that. You know, and it was like, wow, you know, just little things. What's just, that phobia of, you know, the, or the... All the little holes, you know, yeah, tryptophobia, worms are coming in. yeah, but yeah. but see, see, well, there's one thing. There's, I think, I think if you see holes in like a shower head and and yeah, that freaks you out, then I guess that's a phobia. But if you have, if you wake up and you have 5,000 holes in your arm, I don't think that's an that's a pretty legitimate thing to be upset about. I, I don't think that's unreasonable, agreed, <laughs> like especially say, if there's something trying trying to crawl out of it. Yeah, it's like people say they have a phobia of sharks. I'm like. That's normal. You should be afraid. They are predator. I mean, you you know, different kinds of sharks, obviously. But I don't think it's unreasonable to be afraid of something with r- rows of razor sharp teeth that can swim faster than you in the sea. If you find yourself in that yeah. situation. <laughs> I was thinking, like, even now when you do prosthetic stuff, you're like, there's so much work now. I mean, very little. It seems would be done like that nowadays. Like when you build the the whole thing up from scratch. Yeah, you 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 pretty much make mm-hmm. as much of it as you can in advance. And then, obviously, you know, there's art finishing and, and, and all that kind of stuff and painting that goes on. But then even when you've applied it, there is finessing that happens directly on the surface because you can't get every quality that you need from something in the sculpting stage. Sometimes it needs to be, you know, the job of color or the job of sheen or the job of a very faint layer of hair or flock or something mm-hmm. on it to give it that powdery look or that wrinkly look or something. So it's that whole... Um, you know, it's the whole thing that, that matters. And I think that's why it's nice to, to think about those old school techniques because you weren't, I say limited to, but you're not limited to just doing a silicon piece all the time, which is, it's an easy thing to get into. You just become lazy. You know, you just think, oh, I'll just make a bit of rubber. And it's like, well, is that the best way to go? Would a dental plumper be better? Would color be better? Right. Is the actor mm-hmm. going to lose weight? Can we do it with lighting? Is there other ways of doing it? Don't just go straight for the, you know, the lazy option all the time. Um, although obviously making pieces is is quite labor intensive, so yeah, it well, seemed weird yeah. to call it lazy, but you know what I mean. Yes. So economy of time becomes a very real, real villain yeah. that you have to deal with. But if you've got the luxury of being able to think about what it needs to be or what it needs to look like, and what ways, other than obvious might you be able to accomplish that because sometimes sometimes the the least obvious way might be the most expeditious way of doing something too which is why it's, it's i think it's important to always be reading and learning and seeing how things are done so you know you can extrapolate and adapt and come up with ooh I saw this one thing. I wonder if that would apply to what I need to do now. And you give it a shot and go, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like the same thing with 
with you know these the the foam stuff is you know how do you how do you get create some kind of monster veining you know some sort of mutant look as as opposed to just using that for a burn scar or sure. some kind of wound well the other thing you could do as well is to take that uh, that foam texture and then mold it but then invert it so you use it in reverse mm -hmm. you know, and then maybe knock it back so you, you mold it because that's the thing is in it to duplicate it and then cast it out in something like plastiline that you can then modify further so I guess that might be the joy of scanning something as well like you could have a texture of something you like scan it then stretch right. it or reduce it in ZBrush and then print that out and then make a mold of that you know and then you know so you you're starting to to, to mess with it in you know like making a collage out of out justifying of the purchase of new technology <laughs> well i just think it would be a good <clears throat> fun, a, a fun thing to do if, if, it, if it would work yeah i mean i've certainly done i mean i I'll don't put, see why it wouldn't i put some um, a couple of links up because i did a video for imax in 2013 uh, called alternative sculpting techniques and there was another one about making wrinkles with cat plastic and cling film and again all of these things can be used direct but you could just then mold what you've done and create little assets that you can then use in different ways and because you're going to sculpt something anyway then you're just going to add out edges and, and blend things out so you know you can make everything flawless but it's just really nice to start with something that was arrived at through a more natural process rather than trying to sculpt a bite actually mold a bite or that, like that, mm -hmm. that, that thing we did uh, a few years back, you know, when you were shooting bits of meat. Oh, with the meat. <laughs> that was a podcast episode where Todd took a few sides of a, of a, of a dead pig up to the woods and, and, and shot it with different guns and then molded the results. And it was great. <laughs> yeah. Actual gunshot wounds. Yeah. And we did a whole podcast episode about, I'm going to pop the note in there. Uh, I'll have to dig up the videos because we got some, got some pretty good video of that too. And uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, if you ever saw this, but there was a, an episode, an episode, an edition of um, Popular Mechanics magazine. And it had a full staff makeup in it from like 1920 or something. But it was basically a bag. I think I've seen that, but not in... It with Not air. in... Uh, yeah, I, I might even have that in... Because in, I've got a, a, a few really old makeup books. So I might even have that. Well, that but was not in, um, for popular mechanics. Yeah, that was it. That was in a, in a weird. But, but um, I'm going to see if I can dig out that article because that was a, an interesting one. But again, that was a completely different way of coming up with you know a solution to a problem, which nowadays people might not even consider because they just think, well, the edges wouldn't be flawless, so I can't even think about it. And that's what I mean. You kind of look at those old techniques, and there was a lot of stuff that, when you look at it now, it looks quite basic, quite laughable, quite naive, or quite you know, you've got mm -hmm. bad edges or the blood's a weird color or whatever. But but at the time, it was quite innovative. Yeah, people hadn't seen stuff like that. That was new. I mean, that, that uh, thing of, is it Curse of Frankenstein when um, he gets shot in the eye and there's blood coming between his fingers from the gunshot in the eye? And it's like, you know, that was quite shocking at the time. And it just goes to show you how things have changed. <laughs> and not for the better, I don't think. I mean, when's the last time <laughs> you remember anyone going to the cinema and like seeing stuff that just made their jaw drop? Like, like I remember seeing um, Jurassic Park and being like blown away yeah. at the T-Rex, you know, like how the yeah. hell it was incredible. Three come to three pictures come to mind right off the top of my head that 
that were like that. Uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars. Jurassic Park. Yeah. You know, stuff that nobody had ever seen before. They were amazing. And I remember, I mean, I remember seeing Return of the Jedi at the cinema when it came out. Uh, absolutely incredible. But, like, I went to see, like, the newer films, like, you know, Solo and all that kind of stuff. And I, I like them. Mm -hmm. I do like them. But there was nothing there that was so radically new that it completely stopped me in my tracks. Because I'd kind of seen it before. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I, it's yeah. sad that that's the case. I, the thrill of seeing the T-Rex chase that Jeep was genuinely, at that time, that was incredible. And I don't think it's been done better since. I mean, that, that was, what, 25, 30 years ago now? And it still looks yeah. great. <laughs> no, everything about Jurassic Park still holds up beautifully. Yeah. yeah, I think. Well, it's just done well. It's kind of like we were saying about the, the Chris Cunningham videos. It's like doing it right. It's not just about the tool. It's using the tool in the right way. I think mm -hmm. that's the thing. Yeah. And that was a beautiful blend of practical and digital effects. True enough. And on that note, we should probably go and listen now to Cliff and Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sorry. and and learn how not to run a business. Well, the the we have creature concepts we should mention, shouldn't we? Well, as we're how, both here, how not to run a business, <laughs> <laughs> how to how to um, almost ruin yourself. Right. Do you I know? think that's good info. Yeah, that's that's a what, a what to do, tale. what not to do. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I think it's mostly me being you're a bit more of a practical businessman, was as proved to be the case. But it also was the time. It was it was Thatcher's Britain. Uh, the pound was really strong against the dollar. So that all those alien productions and they weren't coming here, were they? No, I I remember I I sort of started hanging around what was Creature Concepts, um, which I think was was you and Jim Sands and a couple of other people originally. Various, yeah. various Henson's people. Well, it was a Henson's workshop. Yeah, I remember. I remember the workshop. They used to. They used to be uh, a landstrider, a very, very dirty landstrider hanging up in the, hanging up from the roof of this place, which was above a newsagent's in Kentish Town, and had a had a very good, uh, <laughs> very good Greek restaurant next door to which we, we used to spend most of our time because we weren't getting any jobs at all. This was a, this is a company you guys started up. Well, I started up, and then, then yeah, then, I th and I Cliff rather stupidly joined me. I sort of, I'd, I'd sort of talked my way out of of working at Bob Keane's for various reasons, and um, and couldn't get employed anywhere. So I ended up in at uh, Morse's door for about a year and a half, I think, until I got a proper job again. But we were just doing sort of little adverts and. Uh, Pop, and whatever we pop, could. pop videos and things. Yeah. Wow, what, I, rem what? I remember I did that Hero Quest advert. Hero Quest. <laughs> Do you remember that? You remember the game Hero Quest? Yes. It was sort of a, a sort of precursor to Dungeons and Dragons and yes. all that sort of thing. And I did a little orc, which I made with with Stuart Comran. And I think that was the first time that I'd ever, I'd actually ever been able to afford to have lenses made and things like that. Wow. Who was the small guy in it? It was, some it was Rusty Goff. Oh, who yeah. Was yeah. Quite, who became quite famous. As yes, the, he was in Time as Bandits. The, uh, well, he was in Time Bandits, but he also became very famous as the uh, the bouncing <laughs> the bouncing weatherman on uh, early Channel 4 programs. 
but he used to he used to bounce up and down doing the weather um oh was God. it channel four or channel five? i can't remember right but i i remember thinking where's the dignity in that <laughs> and there's no dignity to and uh, yes as he told me several times when you're my size there's no dignity <laughs> in anything <laughs> Good Lord. So you went on to that. So what other jobs did you do that we might have seen? We'll probably track down some clips on YouTube or did something. Did a commercials. TDK werewolf job. Oh, right. I've was seen quite, that. quite nice. That was quite early on. But the, basically what would happen is, is that um, two guys would, would get together. They'd be at university, they'd leave university, and they'd get money from somewhere to set up a production company. And they'd get money from the government to set it up. And by th they'd do an advert... And by the time the advert was out, they'd fallen out and broken up. So <laughs> right, yeah. It so there was a that happened for you. Yeah, it was Thatcher's Britain, and there's all sorts of money for starting small businesses, which yeah. is which we which I did actually. For those outside of uh, of the time period and outside of the country, can you briefly surmise Thatcher's Britain? Well, the, the, there was lots of money for a small enterprise, and you could easily get a bank loan. It was very anti-union, wasn't it? Because you broke yes. everything up into, yeah, yeah, yeah. into privatised companies. I, th I think after after Creature Concepts, that's when... I mean, Steve Norrington used to hang around there a lot. Yeah. Um, was a, Dave uh, used to hang around. And Dave you? used to hang around. And we got to talking... Steve had a script called... Cha uh, called not Change of Speeder. <laughs> change it was my script. Um, called Speeder. Uh. And um, he'd been talking to a... T uh, a production company called Challenge and they came up with something called Split Second and we all worked on that didn't we? oh yeah yeah and that was that was kind of that was when things were really grim in the industry sort of uh, around the end of the 90s and that was the only that was the only sort of game in town wasn't it um, and we all worked on that and then we all went and worked for the production designer on that um, yeah, we should talk about Split Second because it's everybody loves that movie. Who, who, who yeah. remember it? Amazingly. And what they did was they 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 just the Hartley Jam Factory, which was the, by Elephant Castle. Elephant yeah. Castle. Yeah, because yeah. Harris Blythe had a model uh, had a workshop there. I remember working there. Okay. The Jam Factory. Yeah. yeah. But they they were about to knock it down. Yeah. So the production bought it or something, or they had it. Yeah. And they and they built built it so that you could flood it. Because right. it's supposed to be set in a, a flooded London. It's, it's set in a flooded London. So and there's, the whole this killer on, there's this killer on the loose who turns out to be this this cross between between uh, Judge Death, Robocop, and and the Alien, which is all the all the things that Steve wanted to build. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know all his favourite creatures. I mean, in 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 the in the script, I, I don't think this creature was ever seen. But Steve said, "No, no, we can make a creature," you know, and got and got Ian in and myself and Kate John, Murray and John Schoonerad and Kate Murray, um, and that was it. And and that was that was the, the team. Steve got bored after <laughs> after about two or three weeks and left and left it pretty much to me, Mawson and Kate. Um, and that was that was my sort of getting back in the film industry. I think. I mean, to after driving, after uh, you know, kind of uh, getting getting myself out of it. And, uh, but you I, you were basically in charge of all the prosthetics on it. Yeah, I mean, I remember Steve ringing me up, and I I'd, I've been working. I I'd, I'd not been in the film industry for a, a couple of years. I think I'd kind of uh, I kind of got out of it, and I was like driving a minicab or something, and then I went to. 
went to work back at Wembley Stadium um, and, a, and a box office manager came up for it and I applied for it and got it and the very next day Steve Norrington rang up and said oh, I'm doing this film will you come and do the prosthetics and I said how long is it for and he said probably about two weeks and I said yes I'll take it <laughs> so uh, so yeah went and did that and then quite a while we got it for was it silicone or foam uh, it was a big foam suit um, there it wasn't was si- yeah there wasn't silicone at the time that right. was um but Which is probably where. This is after Alien Three, isn't it? This is after yeah. Alien Three. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was a it was a big foam rubber suit, um, and it was it was huge fun to work on. It was good fun, yeah. and that led immediately or fairly immediately onto onto Steve's first film, Death Machine, which is when uh, Dave Elsie, myself, and uh, and Brendan Lundigan and Alan Hedgeco started Creature Effects, which, you know, for me, lasted the best part of 15, 20 years, I guess. Yeah, I remember seeing you guys. You had the, the workshop at Pinewood. Yeah, we squatted in that workshop at Pinewood <laughs> for quite a while after the, after the film finished. It, it took them about a year to notice that we were still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, was a, it was a porter cabin that was, you know, cleared out. It used to be over in the over in the gardens and, and rats used to live in it. Rats and rabbits used to live nice. in it. Um, I so think it's those old cliffs, short cliffs, two poor cabins. To, yeah, we, we, did ev- we did eventually expand to a whole shanty town. And ironically, that's yeah. exactly what this film industry has become now. It's just become a series of portal cabins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but we, we did do some... Sadly, not as many as there were no. <laughs> the day before yesterday. We did, we did do some good stuff. I mean, I, I remember... You know, we did a we did a big commercial for Nike. Um, for oh, it was the devil with the yeah yeah yeah, which was you know for us a huge big deal and 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 a sort of movie budget to do this uh, do this devil. Um, and in fact, the one that's in the commercial uh, isn't actually the best one that we built. I remember the, I remember the head the head of Nike flying over. The night before we were flying out to Tunisia with this, with this big devil we made, which was this uh, full suit with these walk-around leg extensions, which I think were the first time anyone had ever done that. Um, you know, we we were trying to push the envelope as much as we could, um, and uh, I remember him coming and seeing the finished suit, and then saying, "Yeah, but this is great. But what's that thing over in the corner?" And and it was the first suit that we made, um, which was a, a much sort of scarier looking thing, and we were all a lot happier with the first suit. But there was no time to, <laughs> to actually. Uh, gotcha. But I, I remember sort of heads heads rolling for that, you know, Nike having a a fit that that, that uh, someone along the line, I think it was the ad agency, had right, had yeah. sort of censored really the director's vision. And the director was a guy called Tarsim Singh who did the cell and uh, things like that. So mm-hmm. later did the cell, I mean, yeah. after. Went on to. After yeah. doing that. Amazing. So um, the, the whole creature concept thing, so that going back to that quickly, just that sort of crashed and burned and then yeah. you wound yeah. it up. Yeah. Okay. I mean, basically what happened was uh, we just not get paid for jobs. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there weren't many jobs to not get paid. It, it was like a hangout place. For, yeah. You know, I mean, everyone who was out of work would would end up there, and 
and Ian very kindly just let people sort of sit at the desks and sculpt things. And as I did say, there always be a bag of Elsie was there, and and Stu Conrad and, uh, and Steve Norrington and everyone really yeah. <laughs> who yeah. was out of work used, used to go there because there used to be this fantastic restaurant next door and that was the main reason for I going. thought it was my, me I thought it, it was wasn't you oh, okay. and where I'm was this again I'm sorry. it's in Kendrick Town right yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah. that must have been quite a time it's the, the workshop was interesting because Steve Johnson had it for, for when he was doing yeah he was going to do something called Sawney Bean wasn't he yeah um, which was I know uh, that uh, which is uh, a famous legend a about a thing, Scottish cannibal, I believe. And, uh, and it's actually yes, an underlying theme of, Steve a, Johnson of, a, of a movie I'm writing. And, uh, and I, re I remember when, when I came to you, you were going to do some movie called Pagan, I think. Was it, was it Pagan or Heathen yeah. or something like that? And um, yeah, I think that's why I went, because I'd heard you might have a film. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens? people would come around and... And say, look, well, I got this, I got this film. It was a great idea. And then show me a script, and I ended up doing designs for it. And I said, oh, we could take a package and take it to can. Yeah. Would you just do some? And you'd end up doing that. And and a year had gone past, and about six films I'd done all this stuff for, and none of them had got the money. No. Because they wasn't because it wasn't really happening. Mm. And then later on, like you'd see all this stuff come back, including. Um, Mutant Chronicles. Yeah, but we, you know, we were oh young and God. enthusiastic. I mean, I, I remember at, at Creature Effects, we used Chronicles. to, we used to try seriously hard to get on whatever film was going. You know, I remember trying very hard to get on Judge Dredd and Mary Riley and Dave sculpting that head of, uh, of uh, the guy who was in Mary Riley and things to 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 oh. try and. Uh, um, not the guy that ended up playing Dumbledore. No, no. Who am I thinking of? I can't remember. I'm useless with names. Um, oh, um, John Malkovich. Yes. Yes. yes and yes, there yes. was a John Malkovich head in a in our workshop in the window. For, That's right. For ages. I still got a life class from that. Um, yeah, I I remember us trying desperately to get on that. Trying desperately to get on uh, Jacob's Ladder, Event Horizon. Um, trying desperately to get on some space thing that had sort of cat creatures and that animated ended up doing. Um, and we we just tried desperately hard to get on everything and nothing ever really came off for us. I, th I think we just tried too hard. When we right. gave up trying to actually get things, it's, it, they just seemed to come. Mm. Um, you had stuff. You had, the, you had that, that baby for the for the Massive Attack thing. Yeah, we were doing a lot of pop videos. I mean, we did we did the Massive Attack thing. We did Come to Daddy, of course. Um, or the Aphex Twin. We did the, yeah video, the yeah, Aphex yeah. Twin video. Um, so we you know we were kind of we were kind of winning awards for things. You know that we were. <laughs> I think that won an award for best computer effects and they were guys in <laughs> they were guys in rubber masks you know which was kind of irksome with digital blinks i think but the majority of the they, they were literally step over masks weren't they? they were they were they were literally masks they, they were, look great you, you know. sculpted those was that paul uh, was he involved in that? no paul wasn't involved in that one i think dave it was just a live cast it was a live cast dave dave cleaned it up there was some sort of gangly creature that oh. was never seen that that Chris started and I finished. I and thought you meant the screaming guy. Then what was, was his the, name? Then there was the screaming guy. Because he was in the was, mummy, which was on Al Stokes. Al Stokes. That was um, it. He was in the mummy. I remember yeah, him being well, we, we in the mummy. Yeah, we used him for a lot of things afterwards. Um, and yeah, Chris, Chris, 
had sculpted this half face, and I think I finished it because he couldn't be asked to finish it. <laughs> um, but that was that was, I mean, that was a real scary image. But I mean, those those finger extensions and everything were just those witch's fingers that you, that you that you get from Halloween stores and things like that. And it was literally just a, a front of face mask with a with a bull cap. Um, and it, Chris just made it all look so fantastic, mm, you know. Mm. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't the greatest stuff in the world, was it? And then the and then the yeah the Waterstone baby for the Massive Attack video, um, which again was a was an absolute sort of nightmare that that only got finished about well about two hours <laughs> into the shoot. You know? Good Lord. Um, but it, but again, with some things that were absolute nightmares at the time that that um, that turned out to be pretty good in the end. I mean, I think I think when we first started doing silicon stuff, we got offered some. We did something called the Big Garage, which was a which was a puppet show with uh, puppet cars, and they and Dave sort of said, "Oh, we'll make them all out of silicon." And we we had no idea. We just started using silicon. We had no idea how to paint it at the time. We had no idea how to how to cut it, seam it, do anything at all with it. Um, and yet we d- we did these blooming cars out of it, and we learned so much just from doing those things, you know. Mm. But uh, I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> I'm hearing names from things like the Dave Shigeru. I'm like, oh my, you know, it's yeah. just stuff's coming back to me. Yeah, I mean, Dave Shigeru was, was he was the foam guy. I mean, he did that. He did that big sort of gate creature thing in Labyrinth, didn't he? I remember. But I remember uh, seeing that for the first time. Every Robber Gun, every every skeleton you saw in any films, yeah, all those in there, Jones films, all yeah. with him. Mm. I remember, I remember going for a, an interview at. Uh, at Henson's and them giving me a hoggle head and saying, them saying, could you mechanise this? And I said, no, I've no idea how to do that. Animatronics was never my thing. There are people who do that sort of thing. Yeah. They do. Well, you remember Jimmy Sands. I mean, he was, he, I remember him coming to my college and, and teaching, showing yeah. stuff. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. And that was yeah. another, you know, big influence was like contact with somebody that, that did this for a living. And he was, yeah, very generous, very kind and always you know happy to talk to it and explain things to it i mean it was it was a very small industry then it's it's slightly larger now i Mm. mean but i i think you know that it it probably supported 150 people around that time sort of in the mid at which time only Uh, half of them were working (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know i i always think it's a bonus if i work more than seven months of a year Mm. um you know, I don't really expect to work more than that. Um, whereas, you know, people expect to go from movie to movie these days. Well, that, that kind of thing yeah, has well never really happened until the last few years. Yeah, well, things have changed, I think, because of streaming and how stuff's consumed. You don't get that kind of seasonal kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, it, it used to be that you'd, that you'd never work between November and March. Yeah. Yeah, basically, you know, it, and it you took had until to the new tax you, year. Yeah, you try you try and earn enough money uh, on the things that you were on to see you through the times that you weren't working. Which was well, there's so much construction going on at Pinewood. I mean, there's got to oh, be. Oh gosh, yeah. And that's just one of several. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah, right. stages, I, yeah. I don't know if that's huge a amount of construction. If, if it's just a sort of post-COVID boom that nothing's been made for two years, and suddenly in a year's time it's all going to stop, uh, it'll well, be I'm interesting to I'm see. I'm sure they're hoping not. I mean, that yeah. kind of 
cash yeah. expenditure to build a soundstage. I, I mean, that's I thinking mean, long term. In the, certainly in the last 10 years, there's been nothing like there was a, the dip in film industry production that there was at the beginning of the 90s. I've, mm. never, seen, I've never seen it be as bad as that. Yeah, you know, I mean, literally nothing was made for about yeah. a year and a half. There was nothing sadder than walking around an empty studio. Absolutely, and you know, with a photo tucked yeah. under your arm, yeah. trying to yeah. drum up business. I mean, I I remember, I remember when we moved out of Pinewood, we went to we went to Bray, and you know, if if ever you needed to see the death of the film industry, you, you knew you were. You were there then. And that's been on the brink for ages. Yeah, That's come absolutely. back with a vengeance now I, because they yeah, need, they need yeah, space. Yeah, it's amazing. I, but I, I remember us, you know, trying to get trying to get an internet line put in at Bray and it was just, <laughs> you know, having more than two phone lines, it was just impossible. Yeah, yeah. And who was that? It was Mats and Miniatures, I think, wasn't it? That was about it. Lead took? Yeah, they they were there. And uh, and also Richard. Richard's other place, Richard yeah. Richard Vanderberg was there. In fact, oh, I, yeah. I think we, we squatted in his... Uh, in his upstairs office, had a nice swanky upstairs office, and we used that for about a year. Before, I remember him I before remember we moved here. Yeah, he yeah. he had a workshop down in Ottershaw, and I think Neil Gorton had a workshop space that we shared. It was basically a mm. cow shed that had been, you know, yeah. sort of decked out a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's still going. I mean, every you know, everyone's kind of interrelated. It's amazing though. This is it's these names are it cropping it up. Is a, like, oh, yeah. It is a a very small industry, and I mean, I think you know, uh, people. You think how many college courses there are now teaching what we do or proposing to teach what we do and how many how many students they turn out a year. Um, you know, say there's there's probably about two hundred and fifty courses in the country now, each turning out, you know, thirty people a year. That there, there ain't that many jobs. Even now there ain't that many jobs. No. So, uh, no. And it's so important I, to know I, that I don't yeah. That's something I've always wrestled with, at least as long as I've been teaching. That yeah, you know, are we doing them a disservice, more of a disservice? Yeah, than a service I've, by I've always training tried them to be. for an industry that's not going to be able to employ them. Yeah, I've always tried to be brutally honest with people, <laughs> probably too brutally. Honest. Yeah, but there are some places that, that 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 they see it looks like a lucrative area because it seems like it's doing well, and so they'll they'll suddenly. And I've talked about this well, before in the podcast. They also think it's, you know, it's making movies, saying it's the, that's the, the cool thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people Everybody see it wants to do it because it's so cool. cool. And it's, uh, you know, we've all been up at three o'clock in the morning. We know it's not that glamorous. No. But on the other hand, you know, I've been to some great places that I'd never have been but to. Yeah, you've got to love the process, though. You've got to love But yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some colleges where it's like, they didn't run a makeup effects course. They saw that it seemed like a popular thing. Face yeah. off or glow up comes yeah. on. Then they they suddenly push together a course hastily. They get so and so from oh you do hairdressing and wigs. That's sort of like prosthetics, isn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. You can teach it, and I know because I get the calls. And they're like, oh, can you teach me in a weekend what I need to teach on the course? Yeah, I. And, you know, I really that, that's not going to be a good course for those students. No, I I used to. I hate the fact that the courses would always encourage people to big themselves up, and you know when when creature effects was a, a going concern, we used to get sort of uh, probably about fifteen twenty letters or a week, and I remember one saying, "You'd be doing yourself a disservice not to employ me." 
<laughs> which I thought was a great line. I was young and I was stupid. Yeah, it's, it's that sort of entitlement thing that, uh, yeah. that, that gets me. You know, because we we all sort of worked fairly hard to <laughs> to get into this, you know, um, because there were no courses and no books, and I, th- I think it is easier now. And if and if you want to do it, you can do it. I mean, I never try and put anyone off because if they're if they really want to do it, then you can do it. Yeah. There are ways in. Yeah, you know, and the information is all out there. You don't have to go to a college course or or uh, spend thousands of pounds to go to a you know go to a workshop seminar or something like that the information is all out there yeah and it's the only job that you still don't need any <laughs> any qualification to do you can be a complete idiot like me and do it for the last 35 years so you just need great, to be good you know? enough at doing it yeah and 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 yeah, a portfolio. But that's helps. it. You show your, you know, it it it, it is. Yeah, I mean, it is the two or three photos of your of your best stuff that'll get you the job, yeah, and, and that hasn't changed. Up and, and, uh, yeah, at Coventry. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get, you know, I, people always always sort of say, oh, well, there should be loads of photos in my portfolio. Well, no, there shouldn't. I mean, it's two or three good photos are usually enough for for an employer to tell whether you've got what it takes or not, yeah. I think. Yeah. And after then, it's yeah. it's yeah. up to you. Another it's 30 photos of the same crappy thing is not going to make it a better thing. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. No, I mean, good you know, I always say one photo that that defines that makeup for you, you know. Um, and, always, and always nothing in your portfolio that you have to apologize for. You know, if you go through your portfolio and say, uh, yeah, the edges aren't very good on this, uh, the mold didn't quite work on this because I cracked it, you know. I don't want to know that. Mm-hmm. I want to see your best work, the best that you can do. Yes. You know, if if you've got a portfolio with 100 pictures in and 97 of them you have to apologize, but three are really good, then I remember the 97 that you have to apologize. If you only show them the three photos that are really good, then as far as I'm concerned, you're really good. Yeah. You know, and you stand a chance of getting hired. And if you're really good and and you can do it, then you'll keep doing it. Oh, well, I, I, I'm not as negative as, as Cliff. I, I think it's got. <laughs> I don't, we I don't think that was <laughs> negative. There is there is a lot more work now. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. A lot more. and there's a lot more. Well, it's a lot more uh, specialized. Like you were saying, you know, I asked you, like, did you sculpt Monocast? Mm. Where it's perfectly legitimate. Now you could just be a finisher or yeah. a painter. And I get yeah. that has always been there, but it felt like a bit yeah, not, more. Not like to you, the same you had to be a jack of all trades if you wanted to work. Yeah. Well, nowadays, you need to know who theory, you're showing your showing your stuff to too. If you know, if you want to, if you're applying for a gay word, they're looking for somebody who's oh, yeah, doing application. Don't yeah. show them nothing but mold pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to tailor tell your approach definitely. so you might wind up having you know more than one portfolio depending on if you can wear different hats you know if you can go in and show mold making portfolio or a or a painting portfolio or a sculpting portfolio mm. just can't know who your audience is well i have seen like photos because we had a chat with one of the folio um surgeries on saturday and it was interesting like how i was leaning towards sort of being specialized in certain things because there are certain things like people might have on their resume oh i'm an i'm an actor a sculptor 
a model, photographer, musician, cobbler, you know, <laughs> prize-winning chef. And, a, qualifi- and, those, and those, a qualified makeup artist. Now, how yeah. are you a qualified makeup artist? Well, th- those you are know, all good If you've got a BA, things. that doesn't make you a qualified makeup artist. No, it just means you've got your BA. Yeah. Yeah, but it's you but know. but it's always that thing of like if you if you shoehorn too many things on there, you just think well, but you haven't done any of those particularly well, especially if you're 21. Mm. It's not possible for you mm. to be, or it's unlikely, let's say, that you know if you if you were going to be operated on by a surgeon, you want to know that oh yeah, he does all these 15 other things. Like no, I just want the guy that does this stuff really well because my life is in his hands. You know the fact that he you know plays spoons and is a part-time pilot and. You know, is it, is it an accomplished yeah. potholder? None of these things matter to me. I just want to know. Oh, playing playing spoons is quite important. Though, <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially if you're good. <laughs> oh dear. Well, having said that, I remember when you were doing stuff for Hellboy. Yeah. There was a there was a message came through from Guillermo. Could you find me some people that can do, can apply makeups, can do puppeteering, and do fabrication? Mm. And we said, well, we don't know anybody. And I said, well, I can do all those things, Cliff. And I got sent out, but that was a one-off. But so to find people that they wanted, because they obviously wanted non non saggy uh, puppeteers and mm-hmm. and doing makeup. There aren't that many people that you could think off the top of your head that you send. Are uh, there? Yeah, no, it w- it wasn't. It wasn't that I couldn't think of them. It was that I was employing them all, and I didn't want them to go out. <laughs> Well, she ain't got that. We just said, we just said, Morse. <laughs> well, well, and, and Dave as well. Did, I mean, Sorry? they took Dave as well. Dave Bunnywell. Yes, they did. And 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 then yeah. we, was Ant on? Oh, did you have Ant here? And Parker. Yeah. 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 And yeah, Lisa was here doing all the fabrication on the suits, of course. Yeah, all this, all this stuff was done in this room, you know. Yeah. The, 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 the here. Was Tom you Flats in, you working in the, here with you? you the, was Tom Flats here with no, you? Or was he no, he was with another there. crew. No, he was. He was there yeah. were like the four different crews uh, out there. Yeah, I mean, the, the the great thing is about Hellboy was that, you know, at, at one point out in Budapest, there was a big red monster fighting a big blue monster, and there were 20 other monsters standing around watching. And behind that, there were there were about forty makeup effects people, and you thought, well, you know, this is this is what I got in the industry for. It's not going to get better than this, mm-hmm. and you know, it hasn't really. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a cool job to do. That Definitely. was a cool job. Did you guys do something for a Toyota commercial that was filmed at Black Park? Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. I remember you. Well, were it, was, there. it was a Millennium. Job, I remember yeah. you were there. That was a millennium. but also I remember. Um, David but White had done some because I remember yeah. Simon Rose was working for him and he was there. It was a weird days. thing. They, they they did a thing where they got two shops and they thought they they got them to be competitive, they would get really good stuff out of it. Right. Which they kind of did, but it was very competitive. You, you were working for Newell. I was working for Newell, yeah. Did like a fishman suit. Like but we did that in so quick and for, for so little, didn't we? Yeah. It was fun though. And it was fun. The guy, yeah. the guy that was in it, the the main guy, because it was a, a guy and a girl. He is um, the guy that plays Murray in yeah. the Concords. And I can't think of his and name. And there's loads of other things. Yeah, yeah, loads of other things. But yeah, it's weird when you watch it back. You go, oh, they went on to be someone mm. that you know is well known. It's quite cool. How long have you been working, Ross? Uh I keep saying forty years. I think it's about thirty-eight or something. How old are you, Moss? I'm sixty-seven. Shouldn't you be retired? I should be retired, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know I should be. When's your birthday? I just had it. I'm only just just 67. I've I've been been sending a a card for Morse 
saying when he was going to get his bus pass for about the last 10 years, and he's got one now. He just suddenly turned up one day. Oh, oh dear. About the same time you bought a car? No. <laughs> I think it's a choice, though. I think, well, I could actually of go. Of course, of course. Is I, do I take the car, or should I just, it's because it cost me no Sometimes it's just a hassle to I tell you what car. you shouldn't do is get one of those scooters. No. <laughs> the little basket on the Oh, I'm still a member yeah. of, of IATSE just because you know, they've pretty much done nothing for me work-wise. Yeah. Um, but when I turn 65, they take care of my dues. So I said, why not? I'll, I'll stick it out. Well, you paid yeah. dues all your life, though, haven't you? Yeah, but now now the union's paying them for me. Oh, well, that's that's a different world entirely. Quite so. We, d- we don't have no unions looking on. Have they been keen on getting a union here? I'm I'm really not. Well, the trouble is we've had so many industries where the union's been sort of smashed apart. It's not really part of the culture. Are you in culture. Unions, Stuart? No, no, I did join back to when I first started yeah, for a I couple d- of years. I joined when, I think, when I started on Hellraiser. And I think we probably still are because they, they, they never really... They never asked for Jews, did they? I think I, I think I might owe quite a lot of money if I... No, I don't think um, they ever asked for Jews. But I, I remember they used to object to you working on on films if you weren't an active member, which yes. always well, I, used to rub me up the wrong way. So I, I've still got my contract from the Gladiator mo- movie, right? and there's a passage in there about not wanting not if you want to work on this film you had to not you had to agree to not be influenced or under the influence of a union or governing or you know right. trade body yeah i remember saying that to the supervisor at the time he said well if you don't like it you can fuck off yeah. you know that that was the culture of that at the time it wasn't a serious thing you weren't seriously beck two weren't going to take on dreamworks am i to understand that beck two no. is is kind of like iatsi Kind of is the not, not British entertainment <laughs> cinema. Yeah, I see. It's interesting because you know where I am, um, it encompasses technicians union, uh, not just you know makeup artists and hairstylists, but but stage hands and exhibition mm. folk. Whereas uh, East Coast and West Coast um, hair and makeup have their own branch of IATSE where mm. you know it's different things in different parts of the country. No, I mean, I, I think I can honestly say that for 99.9% of my career, I haven't been in a union and it hasn't really bothered me. Yeah, it's way. not like it it's a barrier to entry, me. is it? It's, no. It's not like you, you, no. this is a union show. We, we don't have that I d- kind I d- of thing. And I don't think, you know, certainly when I started, uh, makeup effects wasn't really recognized as as being anything. It was always this sort of, Slightly bastardized. Ginger, ginger step kid. Yeah, yeah. It was. was it, it, was it, it was. Yeah. It, it was. It was somewhere between makeup and special effects. Well, it's interesting in in theater, makeup and hair fall under the umbrella of costumes, where in, in film and television, makeup and hair are their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird one because you get that crossbreed. Because I remember working on a lot of the movies that we worked on in the mid 2000s stuff and you were either under special effects or makeup mm. it wasn't now like you have the special makeup effects department yeah well my, my imd entries i've got quite a lot of them but it's in two pages there's a there's a special effects one and there's a makeup one and yeah. there seems to be no sense to it like 28 days later i'm there under the makeup thing and yeah 28 weeks later i'm under special well, effects. I, I always i always tend to 
if I do them myself, I put them under special effects. Oh, really? Yeah, because I've always seen myself as a special effects makeup artist. Mm. That's kind of that was kind of the job. You weren't I doing did, day checking that and, I did. And yeah. I wasn't. Powder no, stuff, I wasn't yeah. doing, not doing I false wasn't doing that. And um, you know, I've. I, I suppose I got into makeup when it was a sort of, it was a special effect, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, you used to go, you used to go, go to the movies, and and people used to want to know how the makeup effects were done. You know, now now you see a special effect, and they just say, oh, it's done by computers, and that's that's all you need to know. Yeah, <laughs> you that, know, yeah. no one's actually interested enough to 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 look into how the things are achieved yeah or they just assume it is a make a, a, a digital effect yeah because that's what they think yeah. everything that happens Absolutely. on screen is yeah <laughs> you know well, it's everything like, like the blood stuff everything is mm -hmm. an effect so it's no longer special i guess is what i'm trying to say and and for me personally you know it it hasn't been it hasn't been special for <laughs> for about 10 years you've always been special cliff i've always been very special <laughs> I've always had very special needs. Yeah, <laughs> that's the button right there. Yeah, that's perfect, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Yes, that's been amazing. I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you for your time. Okay. I, th no I think problem. this is going to be an intensely one. educational and, <laughs> and informative. It will uh, podcast so for, to do, that's for, sure. for a lot of our li podcast. listeners. Oh, suitable podcast. I don't think we really upset anybody. No. No. And we haven't even talked about, you know, why the form of stuff is much more important than sculpting every skin pore. Let's why briefly that say that then. Matter. Let's briefly come back to that. Yeah. yeah. Form's more important than, than texture. That's For me, yeah. I mean, um, you know, people always, people always ask me why I like so much fashion stuff and things like that. It's because I'm interested in the silhouette of things. I think that's much more important to the look of a creature i th i mean i i look at i look at fashion stuff and i see creatures that's that's always been my in point um i can see you know, that looking around yeah absolutely shop, for sure you know, uh, the the form is the most important thing to me especially with 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 translucent materials a lot of the detail you put into things a lot of the endless sculpting of skin pores you don't see that you see none of that but you see a thing with a great silhouette and you a good point. instantly think, you know, you think of the Alien Queen, it's got a great silhouette. You never really see it, that detail. No. But no, you it's know always, yeah, it's always it's, in darkness. It's, it's an awesome thing. Um, you know, you think of, let's, let's talk, you've just mentioned darkness, but in a totally different context. But let's think about darkness. That's a great looking thing. It's a great silhouette. Yeah. You know, and it's a, and after that, I'd never wanted to do another devil. I, I, you know, I think that's been done. That the the iconic devil's been done. Mm. The but you did the Nike devil. That was quite, yeah, that was but quite nice. but it was quite nice. But you know, I I never I never particularly want to do a zombie. You know, the great zombies have all been done. The the great fish monsters have been done. The iconic stuff's been done. The great robots been done. Um, so look at so you know I'm always looking for for stuff that looks that looks weird 
that's uh, yes yeah, so you can move on from that you don't need to j just stay within those kind of limited yeah absolutely i mean i th things. i th i think the the problem is that that because of the internet and everything um a lot of a lot of makeup artists a lot of creature designers just look at other creature designers work and everything begins to look the same you know the the algorithms that you <laughs> that decide what you look at mm. Will feed you the same sort of stuff. Oh, well, so it's the first page of Google Picture like. Search or something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so you've got to look at different stuff if you want to come up with with stuff that looks different. That's then you true. have to look in different places. You do, but I also think there's a danger that some people want to make something that has a certain look because they want to associate themselves with belonging. Do you know what I mean? So everything, it's almost like the fact that to them if they're starting out it looks like other things they've seen that in their mind is like now i'm up there with it oh gosh yeah. i can do a better can in the face out. than that person did. yeah well I, I mean it it used to be amazing how many how many terminator makeups used to see hmm. but the fact is that that you know if you do a terminator makeup on your next door neighbor then your next door neighbor isn't going to Look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, so you, you, you're which is where you've seen that done before. You're yeah. immediately <laughs> at a disadvantage, you know. But if you come to me with something that looks like something I haven't seen before, then is yeah. there some place beyond fashion where you find inspiration? Yeah, architecture is another thing. Um, you know, I, shapes and silhouettes to me, as I say, are much more important than 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 sort of close-up details. That's awesome. I think that's true. So do you do, you, do you sketch out silhouettes in order yeah, to sort of I mean, fire I up the energy? Yeah, I can't, I can't actually draw. <laughs> well, like, you I, say that, but you used to, I remember you used to draw every day. If you, if you were here now, you'd have something, you used to draw the same thing. Yeah, I used to draw the same thing. I mean, I'm very obsessive, but then didn't take Giga any harm being obsessive. But... but um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, ca I mean, I you know, I can't, I can't physically draw in a nice way. <laughs> well, same as it, I, I mean, I can't. It's you, know, you, you can get your idea across. Yeah, absolutely. I I can, that's I can, that's all you need. I can design that's as well as you need to draw. I think. But but that's a different thing entirely. Same as you know, I can't actually sculpt that well, but I can sculpt what's well in my head. I yeah. can get I can get it out there. I mean it. It might not be the most beautifully finished thing, but it'll probably be the thing that someone remembers over the over the you know. Yeah, and there's ways of getting stuff finished because, like you say, it's that initial idea that needs to be laid out once you kind of. Yeah, you know. and I mean, I, t I tend to work very fast because I have a a really low boredom threshold. I mean, I, I'll get bored with the sculpt after about three days, and I won't want to do anything more to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I often think that the, the first idea that you have is probably the purest one. So you stick with that rather than the endless, constantly refining of things. Which happens with meetings and... Which happens all the know, time. And, group people and again, that's rubbing and yeah. that, that design by committee. Of, that whole sort of design by committee thing, again, weakens the, weakens the design um, so much. So I'd rather do something where you design one thing and it's right in your head and you do it and you stand by it. I mean, you saying you didn't think you could sculpt particularly well or anything. I mean, when yeah. we look around at these pictures, if people look, I would put some pictures up, you'd be like, well, in a way, it's kind of like an encouraging thing to think that you feel that way because 
you're focusing on something else like the shape and the form and it's mm. kind of like but do you know what I mean it's like it's it's good like you say you don't want something that's completely polished detail but the design of it's crap it's like wallpaper in a house you're about to knock down it's like Absolutely. what's the fucking point yeah. so yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a, it's a good mindset to come at rather than obsessing over details which are very easy to do especially with ZBrush we're talking to yeah and we talk nice to students brush, too about about you know, you know um, um, liking their work and just you know you have to just you just have to do it. You, you have know, to keep I, doing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Can't, can't I, I mean, I, I suppose I've spent most of my working life working on on things that aren't sort of franchise movies and the things that you don't have six weeks to do a sculpture. You have six days if you're lucky or six hours more likely. Um, you know, so so that kind of working has never been appealing to me. And I've never really got into that mindset. That's awesome. That's a good bit of advice, I mm -hmm. think. How about you, Ian? Well, you just got to get paid, haven't you? You got to also real stars to view. I that's think. a give. That's a but, fact. I mean, that's, that's a plus. Point. But <laughs> you know, there. I think there. Are, I think there are two kinds of people in our industry. There are there are people who who consider this to be a hobby that they get paid for, and and there are people who do it to get paid. And I've always been the first kind. I mean, even if I'm not working on a film, the chances are I'm sculpting something or I'm drawing something or I'm writing something that has something to do with... What are you obsessed with? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I will probably still be, still be sculpting, drawing, writing about monsters, you know, until I die. But there are people who are who are really good at their job, and they can just do it during the day. They take the money, they go, and they forget about it. They never, you know, they'll never, they'll never go into their, you know, room at home and do a little sculpture, or they'll never draw a monster on the side of a newspaper, or, or whatever. But I'm not one of those people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you probably are. I don't know. You can pick it up and put it down as, as it comes. No, no, I'm pretty obsessed with what I'm doing. <coughs> I don't have the style. You've got more of a style than me, Cliff, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, ha having a style is a, is, is a blessing and a curse. I don't think anyone would look at a sculpt and say, oh, that's a Morsi's thing, would they? Was no, I, no. <laughs> although, although I can see my same little... Well, they're, they're, they're a, you, have have a, you have traits. Traits, yeah. Yeah, you know, if something's got fluorescent paint, the chances are that yeah, you've done it. <laughs> if, it's mo if it's molded in clear, clear resin, the chances are you've done it. You know, and if it's if it's got no eyes and a long neck, the chances are I've done it, and it's wearing an enormous hat. <laughs> you know? And possibly has nice boobs. And probably has nice boobs. Yeah, I like, I like boobs and I like nice hats and I like long long. Well, necks. who doesn't? I mean, this 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 is why I've never really been a fan of makeup because I I've always felt constricted by this sort of triangle, you know, eyes, yeah. nose, mouth thing. Yeah, yeah. And and the length of people's necks. Yeah, it's it's interesting you say that because if you see things like, you know, like you know, forehead of the week or whatever it is on a, on, a, on an alien show, you you become very aware of the fact that all of the thing just necessarily yeah. because they would have to lock into like yeah. you say this triangle and it's quite nice to just come away from that and, and 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 do something bigger and i guess the things like masks and stuff can be you know a lot more freeing because of yeah that. i mean you know you could you can do the most you can do the most beautiful 
makeup in the world, but if it's being shot from 200 yards away and you can't see any of the detail, then then there's no point to that makeup. You might as well have just painted their face white or whatever color it is and mm. given them a long wig, mm -hmm. you know. But if you do a creature that has a great silhouette, that's you know, that's got a that extends for miles out the side of its head or whatever, or is really tall and thin, you know, much taller and thinner than a human could be, then, you know, you look at that from 200 yards away, it's still really cool. You're still looking at it thinking, God, what's that? What is that over there, Cliff? What, that thing there? The birch? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> what's the birch? I was just thinking about the birch. That's, that's well, my, you're, you're, that's you're describing retire. that, and I'm, that's and I'm looking retire. at this one right here. Well, it's absolutely. exactly what you were describing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So there you go. That sounds good. Should we go on there? Let's do it. Thank you, gentlemen. Cool. Go to the pub. Thank you. Yes, okay. let's. Do you want to go to the pub? Oh, I was joking, but yeah, uh, could do. <laughs> that's that's usually where I got to eat something, that's, and that's they sell food at the pubs. Most creature effects jobs end up. At a, at a pub down the road that sends Chinese, sells Chinese food. The very least I could do is get you gentlemen a pint. Yep. So there we have it. Part two. I really enjoyed listening to that. Don't again. you want to just invite both of them over to your house for dinner and a, and a pint? Yeah. Well, we did. That was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it and it put me in a, in a nostalgic sort of frame of mind with regards to old school horror movies and stuff which hasn't really worn off I'm still in it and I was just saying to you earlier I've, I've picked up this book about amicus horror mm. movies and I'm, I'm reading another book on the hammer stuff as well all in preparation for a future podcast which hopefully will be recording the not too distant future because um, yeah that would be yeah. would be great yeah I've got this book it all started for me let me show it. Where is this book? There's a book I had as a kid called Horror, or the Encyclopedia of Horror. So it all started for me with this book. Ooh. Uh, the Encyclopedia of Horror, an octopus publication. And it's just, it's all black and can white. Can you still pages. get that? You can still buy it, yeah. Yeah, you can still buy it. It's out of print, but um, yeah. But, you know, it has oh. werewolves and vampires and witches and zombies and Frankensteins and golems and all kinds of stuff. And, um, yeah, it was. I got this book when I was 10 years old <laughs> and uh, it made a massive impression on me and it hasn't really gone away. And I've spent my whole life just trying to make things and they've always got a slightly dark side to them in a fun way. Yeah, I remember one of my favorite werewolf movies. What was the one with Oliver Reed? Was it Curse of the was Werewolf? Oliver Reed? Curse of the Werewolf, yeah. Yeah. That was Hammer, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was one of the first. And then it kind of scared yeah. them off. I don't think it did well at the box office, so it kind of scared them off making no, but, but werewolf movies. No, but that yeah. makeup, that makeup was, I like that better than, than the Lon Chaney Jr. makeup, actually. It was so, it was so different. But it's a good cast as well, good casting, because he looks the part, you know, he looks kind of lupine and, and, and has a kind of you know, a kind of uh, a primal alpha kind of look about I'll have him, to see if I can then. see if I can find some place where I can watch that. <laughs> You're going to have to book out some time and just, it's hammer time. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, um, hammer time. So there we go. So guys, if you want to get in touch, please do. Our email address is stuartandtodd at gmail.com. And you can leave us a and message. And you can go to our website. Yay. And, and leave us a voice message. Tell us how much you love listening to the podcast or 
how much you hate the sound of our grating voices. So I'm listening to a podcast at the moment. If you're into spooky shit, there's a really, really good one called um, Uncanny. I checked that out. Uncanny? Uncanny with Danny Robbins okay. is the guy that does it. And he's done a few sort of spooky based podcasts, but there's like 15 episodes and they're really, really good. If you like spooky stuff. So I checked that out. What's he talk about? Ghost? Uh, ghost yeah, they're kind of like true accounts. So it's people's uh, accounts, but they're not, they're not like famous ones that you've heard before. So they're all sort of, you know, cool. people, people's genuine experiences apparently. So, so yeah. Cheers, dude. Good to see you. Cheers. Yeah, likewise. And let's talk soon. We will we got, indeed. We, we still got, got some other podcasts uh, to get done. Yeah, I got, we got, I got two and big to edit. big plans. Yeah, I got two to edit and about four upcoming to record and a big one this weekend as well. So Yeah. <sighs> Busy times. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right, I'll talk to you soon. You can get in touch through our Facebook page or email us at stuartandtodd at gmail.com. Check the show notes for more information. If you enjoyed this, tell someone else and help us grow by sharing it on social media. Thanks for listening.